You can have that experience right now in your home. You can have a resurrection moment in your house. Just because we're not together doesn't mean the resurrection can't move in your house. If you got your Bibles, I want you to get it. We would say, for the reading of the word, you could stand in honor of the word. Well, you're at home, and I know some of you may be still in your pajamas and put aside the bag of Doritos, and let's just for a moment read the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 10. Thank you again, I say to these that have come out and helped us today in music and song and and audio, thank you. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Watch verse 12. That at that time ye were without Christ. So he's pointing out to us that there was a time that you didn't have God. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel Strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us. I want you to look at verse 12, the ending. Having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for your word today. And I pray let your word that is already be anointed clearly be communicated through the preaching of your word. God, let it tear down every wall. Let it break every barrier. Let it come against anything that would oppose someone's forward progression in coming to you. I ask you here today, let it be with a great effect on the people of God for the kingdom of God. I pray in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. I want to preach to you for the next few moments. What do you put your hope in? What do you put your hope in? Statistics have said that there's an average of 23 checks on social media a day. I know now we're using it as the vehicle, and I thank God for it, but just allow me to give you the statistic that was given. 30 to 60 hours a week given to gaming video games, and these, I guess you would say, uh, not realities, uh, games and on and so forth. And then the statistic begins to go further into uh, the, the other avenues of entertainment that's given and on and so forth. But here today, we are... I hate to say celebrating to me, it, it brings it up. Uh, I, I don't like the connotation. We are looking at what we call Easter today and what it means is resurrection. What, what, what is all the purpose of resurrection and Easter, what we commonly call it, when you find that there's such a allurement and people are escaping to uh, use the statistics of video games or other entertainments or things in the world. You look at these things and these situations at homes and really you could just look at it with maybe a question or maybe a statement or observation. What are they putting their hope in? 
People are looking for answers. They're looking for direction. They're looking for hope. They're looking for something that they can tie to today and is not going to fade tomorrow. They're looking for something that they can put all of their trust into. And see, this is what Paul is trying to set the stage with in this text. He's saying that there was a time that you didn't have God. Now, if I understand God right, according to Scripture, God fills every place. So what Paul is not literally talking about is, is you literally, God fills a room. God is there. But what he is referring to is, is your spiritual positioning. Where is your positioning in your relationship with him? And much of our hopelessness is nothing more than a byproduct of I have not found what he has given to me in a relationship through resurrection. You see, the resurrection was more than just an event that took place that everybody commemorates or looks at today or as we call or observe or, 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 or celebrate as one as many times that is used. But it is a moment that God is affording you and I that where hopelessness comes in and begins to, to, to erode against the foundations of a home or a family or, or your, your peace or maybe your faith. Resurrection comes in and says, you don't have to go down that road. If you'll put your hope in what the resurrection is all about, it's not just a one-day celebration. It's not just a one-day advent or just a one-day thing that you and I do, but resurrection is something I can have every day of the week, and it brings peace for you and I. You see, Jesus' story is unparalleled to anybody else's story. See because he was not just man. He was God manifested in the flesh. And as God he came. For one purpose alone. And that was to redeem you and I. From the bondage and the clutches of sin. Which brings hopelessness. Sin brings perils. Sin brings the hopeless and the agonizing places that you and I find ourselves in. But you see, when you experience resurrection, you experience a fresh hope that you've never had before. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, he came robed in flesh with one purpose alone. And that was to shed blood to redeem you and I back. I wonder many times the disciples that walked with him he had to reiterate to them over and over what his mission was. Today, we call it Easter. But before there was ever an Easter resurrection, there had to be a death. There had to be a sacrifice. There had to be somebody that was willing to lay down their life that you and I could live. I don't know about you, but my struggle as a disciple would have been I don't understand all of this resurrection. Folks, let's just get honest. We speak all these Christianity uh, colloquial terms, resurrection. But we really don't know the true meaning of resurrection. Because if we knew what resurrection really meant, my doors would be boasting open in the back of the sanctuary. People would want to know about what resurrection is. I'm telling you here today, resurrection brings hope. Resurrection brings peace. Resurrection brings a healing to the mind. Jesus is walking with his men. He is with them. But he is not within them. He's in proximity of them. He's there. I know what he's talking about in, in Ephesus and, and Paul is talking to the Gentiles. But he's walking with his disciples, Jews, and they still didn't understand what he was having to do or what his purpose was that he had to die, be buried, and resurrect. They kept trying to hang on to him. They kept trying to say, no, this surely is not the case. Their understanding could not comprehend. It would be about like me coming to you today and say, I'm going to die in the next five minutes, but I'm going to resurrect and I'm going to finish this message. You don't understand that. You, you, you have a concept of it. But to comprehend true resurrection power, it cannot be comprehended by an intellectual mind. It cannot be comprehended by 
just education or intellectualism. You cannot even experience resurrection even by what I'm telling you right now. You, the only way you can experience resurrection is you have to be resurrected. It doesn't come by just some preacher's words of saying, you've got to be born again. See, I guess really what I'm trying to paint here today, my target, my objection is the hope we are so desperately needing in this world, the hope you're needing in your home and your family, the hope you're needing on this Easter Sunday is not going to be found by me just telling you what to do. That's part of it, leading you in Scripture. I'm not minimizing the preaching of the Word, but it's not going to be done just by that. It's going to be done by you experiencing resurrection. Hope will not come just by me telling you a sermon. Hope will not just, you may feel a fleeting, a flickering of hope. Let me explain to you what that is. God is giving you a taste because what you're feeling is you're feeling resurrection power flowing through me because I've been born again. But maybe there's some saint that's cold. Maybe there's some backslider here today. Maybe you don't know how, where you are in God. Maybe there's some saint that thinks I, I, I'm okay, but you still have not entered into a dimension of resurrection power that God's got for you and I. That's what this is all about. Who would have ever thought on Easter Sunday I would be preaching in front of a camera to an empty building lacking a few that's here. See, what God is trying to show you and I is I'm not forsaking the fellowship and us coming together is important and the power of God is, is, is always going to be amongst us. But what God is trying to show you and I, you can have a resurrection moment right now where you are. And hope and peace and the things that your heart is longing for. See, Jesus tried to express this to the disciples. He tried to explain this to them and said, he said it over and over, Matthew 16, Matthew 20, Matthew 24. He says it to them numerous times. I'm going to die. I've got to be buried, but I'm going to rise again on the third day. See, here's what God's trying to tell you and I. He came in with a purpose and a plan, but he doesn't leave us where we are. He doesn't leave you and I in our problem. He gives us an answer out of the problem. He gives us a hope. The hope is in us experiencing the resurrection. What good does it do for me to hear a message about resurrection? But if you experience resurrection through the infilling of the Holy Ghost, then your whole world will begin to change. He would tell them over and over, I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried. I've got to resurrect. No. You can't do that. You, you, you've got to stay with us. Why? See, they were feeling the comfort of God with him. But he knew he couldn't stay. He knew that he had to ascend. He knew that the Holy Ghost had to come back. He knew he had to come in another form into the heart of men. So, he carried on with his program. He carried on with his purpose. Bible says that we've, we've I've seen announcements through the week, Palm Sunday, his ride into Jerusalem. I can't help but think, I, I'm doing my best here today to try to reach for somebody, whether it be saint, sinner, backslider, I don't care who you are. Try, try to go with me into the story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. I wonder if Peter maybe was there or John and, and they, they, as he's riding into Jerusalem they, they're wanting to pull him back and say no. I wonder if this is what he's been talking about that he's heading now to the fulfillment of his death. To the fulfillment of this resurrection that I really don't understand the benefit of like somebody here today. I don't get what all these people talk about resurrection. It's just it. People talk about it but don't experience it. People talk about Jesus but don't experience him. They try to approach him from an intellectual standpoint. Let me help you. There are many people in the word of God. They were smart, educated people. They were people of high intellect. God is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter how much education you have. It doesn't matter how intellectual you are. There's nothing that can stop you from 
from having a resurrection moment. The question you and I need to ask, what are we putting our hope in? If I'm putting my hope in the economy, if I'm putting my hope in the things of the world, if I'm putting my hope in medical professionals giving us a cure, they may, and I pray to God they do, but I'm not putting my hope in things that are going to pass. I want to put my hope in things that are going to be eternal. I want to put my hope in things that are going to last. I want to put everything I have in what things are going to have a lasting, eternal effect. He's riding into Jerusalem the 10th day. I'm not going to go into it and qualify it, but if you'll be a, a, a Bible student, go back and read it. He's fulfilling all of the fulfillment or, or the types and the shadows and, the, and what the law was saying about the Lamb coming in on the 10th day. The 14th day Passover. Crucifixion. And you got Peter. He proves it in the garden. He proves that he wasn't for all this. He proves that he was against the resurrection. He proves that he was opposing Jesus moving forward. There's somebody, there's people, folks, it's the world we live in right now. When you begin talking about the death, burial, and the resurrection, the good news of the gospel, it's foreign to so many. It's so far, and then you got preachers like myself and others all across the country preaching about the good news of the gospel today. The good news of the gospel. What's the gospel? I'm going to define it for you here in a moment. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's the gospel. How do you obey the gospel? You got to die out to your sins, repent. You're buried with him in baptism. And you receive the Holy Ghost as evidence to speak with other tongues. That's how you identify and obey the gospel and are resurrected with him. That's the end of the matter. But I, I'm trying to reach for somebody that struggles in resurrection. That's good, preacher. I want to hear it preach. I want to observe it today because that's what we do. And I observe the Passover on Wednesday because that's what we do. But if you ask me to obey it, it's going to be a little tough. Well, then let me help you. I'm trying to give you the good news on the other side of it. If you and I obey the gospel, and I obey the good news of the gospel, I, I partake in what the gospel is all about. There's an ending to it. There's peace and there's hope that I give through the gospel message. But you got a Peter that's saying no. You got a Peter that's drawing out a sword and cutting off the ear of the high priest's servant. He's ready to fight because I don't want you to die, Jesus. I don't want you to go nowhere. I'm enjoying it. Watch me. I'm enjoying the comfort of having you tangible. Now watch, I'm going to shock somebody here. I, I don't want to get too deep and way out there. The church and us coming together is the body of Christ. What you would look at on a congregation, this is the body of Christ. Him being the head and the chief shepherd. I am the under shepherd. And here is the body. And it's easy when we all come together on a Sunday or we're all together on a Wednesday and I can touch my brother, I can touch my sister, I can shake a hand or pat him on the back or give somebody a, a kind gesture of love and appreciation. That's the body. The body's been moved. I'm not going to say taken away because the body still exists. Whether you're in your home, we're still part of the body. We're still connected. But that continuity, that that touch. I don't have that. You see now why Peter fought so hard to let Jesus go. He didn't want to let Jesus go. He didn't want him to go and fulfill. It's not that Peter was a, a, a devil. I, I, know what Jesus, I know the response that, that happened. Judas, the enemy, took him over. Peter wasn't that way. Peter wasn't an enemy. Peter, in his own understanding, didn't understand resurrection. He didn't understand the power of God. He didn't understand the purpose of God. 
All he knew was the fleshly connection he had with Jesus. And all he knew was I can't let him go. Because if I let him go, I don't know. I wish I could sit down with Peter and ask him the question. What was your struggle in trying to move from one place to another? What was your struggle that you wouldn't let Jesus go? Why were you so angry that day when you pulled out the sword and you cut off the, the servants here? What did you struggle with, Peter? If I could hear Peter talk to me, I wonder if the same struggle that Peter fought is the same struggle people fight today in hearing the gospel message. I wonder if the same struggle that people fight today. I, I hear you, preacher. I heard, I've been hearing, it, it amazes me right now why backsliders haven't called my phone. It amazes me why people haven't, in all of this stuff that's taking place in fear, but yet still there's a reservation in people to not just go in with everything they have. I don't understand. It alarms me. It, 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 it concerns me that my phone ain't ringing off the hook as a, as a preacher of the gospel. That my phone's not ringing off the hook with a backslider or a sinner saying, Preacher, I heard the message. I, I, I need the good news of the gospel. My life has been a wreck. My home has been a wreck. Come on, let's get honest. People are dealing with perversion. People are dealing with sin. People are dealing with things in their mind and their heart. And they don't know what to do with it. I've got an answer today. Don't put your hope in something that's temporal. Put your hope in the gospel message. People are going to turn to everything you to find hope. They're going to try to find hope. That's why I started this message. I'm not trying to impress you with statistics. I'm not trying to think, make you think I'm smart. People are looking for hope. They're looking for venues. Why do you think people go to horoscope? Why do you think people go to psychics? Why do you think people look on, on, on anything just trying to get a word of something? They're looking for hope. And all along, Paul in Ephesians says, here's the hope. You were alienated. If Jesus would have never came, if God wouldn't put on a robe of flesh and manifested himself in the flesh. See, because God's a spirit. A spirit don't have blood. When you say God, all you're saying is God. The tree could be God. When you say the word God, you don't say that that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything anymore. God could be the tree. God could be the lights that are under me. I'm under. God could be. I worship the God of the sun. But when you say Jesus, you just said more than just. You just said now I know who God is. I've got a revelation of who he is. He's not just some mystical thing out here. But that God that created the universe came and robed himself in flesh. That he could die. That he could be buried. That he could resurrect. Why? Because I was lost in sin. I was bound by addictions. I was bound by things that I couldn't break myself out of. I'm preaching to somebody. You can't fix your head. You can't fix your psychological state. You can't fix the things of your body outside of a doctor and them doing some marvel drug. You can't fix it. But there's a God in heaven and his name is Jesus. And when that name is manifested in you, it will heal your body. That's resurrection. That is what Easter is about. I'm trying to be real kind. I'm trying to be so respectful to people that would watch this video. I really am. I, I'm not trying to be some, some weird, crazy preacher with veins popping out. That's, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to do that. The Bible says except by the foolishness of preaching. You hear me? Preaching, that kind of gets a little bit world says that's foolishness. Just like it says the gospel don't really work. 
See, Peter, these men that walked with him, he knew I've got to fulfill my purpose and I can't let their clinging to my, my coat stop me from my purpose. Jesus knew as God he had to come to die. There was no option in this. There was no option. He came with a death on him for one reason, that you and I could have life through the good news. Here's the hard part. How could the death of Christ be good news? Because he saw 2020, he saw coronavirus today, tomorrow it may be whatever. But you see, when you got the Holy Ghost in you, resurrection in you, it don't matter what comes out of. I don't care what they concoct in China. I don't care what they concoct for bio warfare, botulism. You know what? I, I, I'm not happy. I'm not trying to sound like some wacko or something that I'm, I'm happy by these things. That's not what I'm advocating here. What I'm trying to promote to you is there's a peace through the Holy Ghost that I got. And here's the part that I want to just kind of shake somebody with. You heard about the Holy Ghost for years. But yet even the corona don't move you. You're still just sitting comfortably right now. Watching this through a video. There's a good news in the gospel. There's good news in the gospel. And Jesus knew that there was going to be a 2020 coming down the road. He fulfilled all of the law. He fulfilled every type and shadow. He came as the lamb of God that was going to be slain before the foundations of the world. In the mind of God, the son was already dead. He was already dead because that was his purpose to shed blood. So he came. He died. Now I'm going to read for you. Romans 6, Romans 1 and 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul speaking to the church of Rome. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Here's what Paul's telling us in the book of Romans chapter 1. He's saying that this is done done. Jesus is dead. Jesus has been buried. And Jesus resurrected on that third day. And he ascended. And now is in a glorified state in the heavenlies that is sitting on the throne. Revelation says it. There's only one on the throne. And the name is Jesus that's on the throne. But before then, Paul begins to say, there's good news in the gospel. And here it is. It's the power of God unto salvation. Everybody's asking, what does it take to be saved? Right, let me reinforce it to our saints. Let me reinforce it to our backslider. Let me reinforce it to somebody that's cold in their heart. There is no other gospel. Paul said it like this. If any man or any angel come preaching any other gospel, he's a curse. He's an anthema. He's something that's opposing the will and the purpose of God. And Paul said, I'm telling you now, there's only one gospel. And I'm not ashamed of that gospel because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power unto salvation. You would ask them the question, what is the gospel? I've been giving it to you this whole message. The gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection. But I'm going to give it to you in the scripture, Romans 6. What shall I say then, Paul, speaking again? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer? Know ye not that as many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. That when I am baptized in Jesus' name, I am identifying with the death and the burial of Christ. Now I'm going to pose a question to somebody here today. How can you be buried and still be alive? I've never heard other than some sweet, sick, twisted psychopath that would bury somebody alive. So what's Paul trying to tell you and I? That when I repent, I'm dying out to myself. And as a proof that I'm dead to myself, what's repentance? Repentance is saying the gospel. See, this is the process by which you receive the gospel message. I've got to repent. 
I've got to turn from my old ways. I'm not going down that road anymore. I cannot be buried alive. I've got to be buried dead. How do I bury or how am I buried dead? I repent and I turn. I die out to my will. Folks, I'm trying to make this as simple and as clear as I can. My, my mind's right now, I'm seeing rabbits. I'm try, I want to chase them. I want to go back to the Old Testament and bring you to the Passover and the door on the post and all this kind of stuff. And the, that, that he came in on the 10th day and they passed over the 14th day and on the 17th day and it was the first day of the month. And I pray, I want to take you down the road, but somebody hear me. All God's asking for you to have hope is for you to believe the good news of the gospel. You don't have to rub a crystal ball to get help. You don't have to take that man. You can come to a place of obeying the gospel. Die out. He said, as so many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. So do you see the connection? How do I identify? How do I obey the gospel? How do I, how am I dead, buried, resurrected like Christ? If I'm to obey the gospel, how do I obey the gospel? Paul just gave us the answer. He said you are buried with him in baptism. The way I obey the gospel is I go down in a watery grave in Jesus' name. Now, Peter said it like this on the day of Pentecost. He preached the same message. He said, repent, be baptized every one of you for the remission of your sins in the name of Jesus Christ. Or repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Watch. That word baptize in Acts chapter 238 means baptizio in the Greek. The definition means immersion. So how am I buried with Christ? How do I obey the gospel? Here's how I obey the gospel. I've got to be buried in a watery grave. I've got to be buried. I've never seen anybody that you lay on top of the ground and sprinkle rocks on top of them. That doesn't constitute burial. Burial is when you're immersed into the ground and in a vault they lower you into the earth and they put a tombstone. You are being buried. What Peter is trying to say in Acts is you've got to be baptizo. You've got to be immersed. You've got to totally go under from head to toe into the water. That's how you identify with the burial of Christ. You still want hope? What are you putting your hope in? I tell you what. It do some of us some good. I, I, I say this over and over, and I know I get blasted for it by people, but I'm going to keep saying it until the day long. I'm for media. I mean, you need to listen to the news. Find out what's going on. Take what you got to get. But for you and I to sit there and listen to it over and over and over and social media over and over, it tells me you're looking for hope in some area that you're never going to find hope. You're not going to find it on CNN. You're not going to find it in ABC. The only place you and I are ever going to find hope is in Christ Jesus and the obedience of the gospel. This is the kind of He said you're buried with him in baptism and the death. Verse 4. He said that like in the Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. You know what he just said in verse 4? We're buried in baptism. The way you obey the gospel is you're buried in baptism. Baptizo, you're immersed. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you're not going to have hope. And here's what you and I will keep doing. We'll keep turning. Eventually, everything is going to be turned back on. Everything's going to come back to kind of the norm. Stores are going to open. Malls are going to open. Sporting events are going to open. And I'm glad that everybody will get back to whatever they're doing. But you need to hear me. Before all that does, you need to reserve in your spirit room that God can talk to you. Let him talk to you in your prayer life. 
Let him talk to you in your walk with him. That everything, every nothing else should matter in your and my life other than my hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope. He's the author. He's the finisher of my faith. And whatever God wants to do, I trust him. I put my trust in him, not man. Here's the hope for somebody. He said, if you're buried with him in baptism and death, that like Christ was raised. Romans chapter 8 says it like this. I think it's verse 11. He said, if the same spirit dwells in you that dwelt in Christ, it will resurrect your body up. What's Paul trying to tell them? He's trying to say, just as Christ was dead and he died on a cross and they took his body and they put it in a tomb and he was buried. And that on that third day, he rose again. There was something in the spirit world that awoke, that awoke him and rose him from the grave. Paul's trying to tell you and I, if you and I are ever going to experience the hope that, that he wasn't fearful going to the cross. Peter was fearful. Those men were fearful because they were afraid they were going to lose the tangible and what he was to them in the flesh. They didn't understand. There was an answer coming down the road. There was going to be a different manifestation of him through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's where the hope he was trying to get him to. And he said, if that same spirit dwells in you that was in Christ, it, that rose him from the grave. Romans 8 11. It will raise you up. It will resurrect you. I'm telling somebody right now. You could be in the dark of depression. You could be in the dark of hopelessness. You could be in the dark of a wrecked home. A wrecked family. A wrecked life. A wrecked job. You may be on unemployment. You may be in the midst of not knowing where your next meal is going to come from. You may be in a place of loneliness. And abandonment. You need to hear me. Your hope is in the gospel. Your hope. That's why God gave you the Holy Ghost. That's why He didn't give it so you could come together and just have a congregation. He gave you the Holy Ghost that when you're in the middle of a storm and you don't know what to do, the hope, the resurrection will pick your body up. It'll pick you up. We look for pickups. Back in my day, we were picking up to pick up a, a date. That's what that was called. I'm going to pick up. I'm going to pick up something that I ain't going to tell you over video. But I'm going to pick up. What was I doing? I needed something to lift my spirits. So I found something, some chemical. That's all I'm going to say. Because somebody's chemical could be Elmer's glue. <laughs> None of y'all sniff no glue. Don't act all holy. Even to y'all out here, you singers. But we're looking for a pickup. When God said, I gave you my spirit to pick you up. That when you're hopeless and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to turn, don't turn to Dr. Phil. Don't turn to Dr. Oprah. Don't turn to Dr. Wizard of Oz. Turn to God and let God be your hope. Let God be your strength. Let God be the one that comes to you and gives you the, you're not alien. The only way you're alienated, like Paul said, is if you're without God. And he gave us the answer. I got, I got to get to it. I, I'm going to take it too long here. And therefore you're buried with your baptism. That is of Christ was raised by the hope of the glory of the Father. So should you walk in the newness of life. You want a new life. Obey the gospel of good news. Don't let Easter come again. Here we are. How many Easter's has passed and you and I have never made that consecration of God that we know we needed to make? How many times have I come to a, a service and I preached a message on Easter? I've countless sermons on Easter. But yet I never made the consecration that I know I needed to make. Let today be different. Let me put my hope in what really matters. That I can walk in a newness of a life that I've never walked in before. God's giving somebody an answer. God's trying to give some saint hope. God's trying to give our church an understanding that it's only going to be through the Holy Ghost that we're going to reach a harvest. That we're going to reach people. That we're going to help people. It's not going to be because of a talent. It's not going to be because of a gifting. It's not going to be because of a fancy building. It will be because people experience a resurrection day. Not just on today, but they'll experience it on Monday. They'll experience it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. 
resurrection. Because if you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got everything in the world to live for. You've got peace when you get the Holy Ghost. Uh, now, I got it inverted. See, I can, and we're not going to edit this. Just let this ride. See, because sometimes I get a little excited, and I got to get them to kind of help me edit some things. Well, y'all ain't going to get no editing today. You're going to get everything I got. 1 Corinthians 15 says this. I originally said Romans was what the gospel is. Romans defines it six. Corinthians tells you what it is. Romans tells you how to do it. Corinthians tells what it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, and watch this, where ye have received and you stand. I'm talking to somebody right now, you're having trouble standing. You're struggling. You're fighting. You don't know what to do. And the answer's in the gospel. I don't know. How, I, I, I wish sometimes. I wish it was a magical formula sometimes. I wish I could just, I wish I could take everything that I see and I wish I could just put it in your head and say, you see what I see? You see the hope that you get in the gospel? I'm not on, I'm not on monster drink. I'm not on a, oh, what you call in five energy drinks. What you feel and see right, right I'm about to explode. That ain't because I'm on some medicine. That's because the Holy Ghost in me is trying to show somebody over there that the Holy Ghost is the answer. You can't stand without the Holy Ghost. Oh, it gets better. He said, I declare to you the gospel. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, for those that are following. I declare to you the gospel which I preach unto you, which you received. You stand. Verse 4, verse 2. By which also ye are saved. So it just told me. Outside of the gospel, I'm without God. You see my Ephesians now? See what I was, when you go back and read, I wish we had the, the media, we don't, but here, here it is. Go back to Ephesians, keep right there at Corinthians. Watch what Ephesians says. Wherefore remember that in past times you were Gentiles in the flesh. You were uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision. Basically, you were Gentiles, you were uncircumcised. And the circumcised people, the Jews, said you're uncircumcised. You're not a part of this. You can't come in. See, here's the thing about the gospel. It's for everybody. It's for the drug addict. It's for the prostitute. It's for the saint that's been saved seven years. The gospel works whether you get it today or you obey it 70 years later. It never dies. It's impotency. And he says that at times past ye were without Christ. In other words, you didn't have him. Now God's here. But you didn't have him. It's possible. I'm closing. I'm coming to a close. Kind of. It's possible. Somebody hear me. It's possible for you to have a knowledge of Christ but not have the resurrection power. I'm going to use a scripture I use all the time. The Bible says, believe. How does it go? Believe in one God. If you believe in one God, you remember right on top of your head? Help me somebody for the few that's here. Remember that scripture, believe in God. Even the devil believes. What was it? You believe. What is it? You believe in one God. And what he's trying to show you and I is this. Believing is one part. But even the devil believes. So it's possible for you and I to be without Christ. But yet to say we know Christ. Because when you read Ephesians. You can go back and study chapter, verse 10 of chapter 2. It says, for we as workmanship created in Christ Jesus. What Paul was trying to tell him was that word created means made. It's another, it goes even deeper. It talks about regeneration and being born again. What Paul is trying to tell them is this. If you're not born again and you don't let Christ make you, you're without God. You may, you may have a knowledge of him. God, I know you exist. But you've never had a relationship transformation through the Holy Ghost in you. 
Go back to 1 Corinthians 15. He said it's the gospel message where you stand, but by your saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, lest you believe it in vain. Here it is. For I delivered unto you first of all. Here's the gospel. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, verse 4, and he rose again on the third day. So now I know the good news, the gospel, the death, the burial of Christ. Paul just gave us that Corinthians. And then you go to Romans chapter 6. And Romans tells us that i got to be buried with him in baptism. 1 Thessalonians, I think it's chapter 1 or 2. I can find the verse a little bit later. It says, with a flaming fire of vengeance, he comes against those that obey not the gospel. So it's very clear in scripture that I've got to obey the gospel message if I'm ever going to find the hope of God. I close with this last statement. Go back to Ephesians. Paul said it like this. That at times you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. That means they had no hope, but they were living in the world. It's possible for you and I to conduct business in, the, in life and to be without God. You may know God, but if you're experiencing no hope, he gave us the answer. But now, verse 13, in Christ Jesus, we were sometimes afar off, but are made nigh by the blood. Oh, it gets even better. For he is our peace who is made one. Here's what Paul was telling us in Ephesians. I started with it. I'm going to end with Ephesians. Paul was telling us this. He had already experienced the gospel. But Paul was trying to reach for a group of people that were not feeling hope. They were looking for answers. They didn't have peace. And Paul said, the only reason you're not feeling hope and the reason you're not feeling peace is because you're without God. And he said, the answer for you to have God is through Christ Jesus. How do I get Christ Jesus? He's not here. How do I? You obey the gospel message for the gospel is the good news unto salvation for you and I. So if you need hope, the gospel's the answer. If you need peace, the gospel's the message. That's the answer. Repent. Be baptized. Where you are right now, your home, you can ask God to forgive you of your sins where you are. I'm not just preaching this to sinners, to backsliders. I'm preaching this to saints. Because believe it or not, even in this difficult time, there's saints that may have lost their footing. They may have lost their relationship with God. They may have lost their relationship with God. Now is not the time for you to give up and throw in the towel. But it's time for all of us to come together. Repent together. Let's ask God to forgive us. Why are we doing this? Because we need hope. And it's through the gospel that the hope comes. So what's Easter all about? What are you putting your hope in? I tell you what, I'm going to put my hope in what it's all about. Resurrection. Gospel. It's for you and I. I want us to pray right now together. Jesus, you see every heart, everyone that heard here today, even me, God, you spoke to my heart. And God, today is a day of promises. I believe people could get a healing right now in their home. They could get a healing. That's what the message is. The gospel is not just for salvation, but the gospel is for healing. The gospel is for somebody receiving a healing in their body. God, in here today, somebody may need a healing in their mind, hope, and peace. Maybe somebody is, is maybe trying to find out what's the answer. And they're putting their hope in things that are just going to pass away. God, I'm asking you here today, let an angel of conviction move in all of us. That we realize if we're ever going to have true hope, it's only going to be putting our hope in the gospel message and experience true resurrection power. God, I ask you today, let resurrection power and the infilling of the Holy Ghost move in homes today. I loose it now. To have free course in every house. I pray it in the name of Jesus we pray. Thank you for, it, for coming and just hearing the word today. I know it's not easy doing this by video. But I pray that every one of you are blessed by the word of God. Let's take this word today. Let's chew on it the next few days. And get ready. Wednesday's coming. And when it does, let's believe God for another word from God. God bless you.